0: welcome to Sutra Sidewatch episode four. I'm your host, Cameron Schuster. And with me is um, Brandon from
1: Apollo City
0: Comics. Dude, we are back for our final Bond movie of the year. I mean month, because there's still like
1: five more this <laughs> I year. I thought about it. I was like, man, I have like six more Bond novels to read this year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um man. Dude. Her on her ma- it's on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Correct. Yes. Um interesting name i felt very interesting yeah and
0: uh i know the book order is different right than the oh, book
1: order is way different and i'd have to look that up it's totally it's just totally different <laughs> i would say this right now <laughs> sure. um but this book came out the same year that the film dr no came out um And interesting enough, uh, when this book was being written, so previously, you know, we did Dr. No last episode, and I mentioned that Ian Fleming wasn't a fan of Sean Connery when he signed on to be bond and start the filming process and all that, but it wasn't until the finished product of Dr. No did Ian Fleming like, you know what, Sean's got it. I dig Sean. Sean Connery's a good guy. You know, he's got the feel, he's got everything, and Sean Connery is a Scottish actor, James Bond is a Englishman. However, he likes Sean Connery so much um, that he changed Bond's background to become Scottish and uh, have have a Scotland, uh, Scottish heritage. And that's in the book, that's straight up in the book. And it's not explained in the film, I don't believe, but we see him wearing the kilt. And the kilt is yes. a callback to that heritage. Um, I think it's the only callback to that heritage that we see. But James Bond is indeed Scottish. Well, we do get one callback to his heritage, but you
0: have to wait until Skyfall comes out to see that. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, It's pretty much only those two movies. Uh, otherwise, in between through pretty much like four Bonds or something, you don't get any of that at mm-hmm. all. It's just like it's there's no origin or backstory or anything like that. No,
1: and I think that's what made... Uh, the modern Bond so unique and interesting is that Bond is like an actual like character that we learn about. We learn his backstory. We see where he came from, like from nothing from being an orphan. And we kind of, I know he was an orphan. I know that was written inside the earlier books. I got, I'll I'll eventually read the book where it mentions that, but you know, as far as films go, we don't get that at all. So it it was a cool little, you know, we're learning more about this guy that we're like all in love with, you know? So it's a really cool thing. Um, And with this
0: movie, uh, Dude, it's this is the one and only George Lazenby film yes. as Bond.
1: And interesting, interestingly enough, it's his first film that he ever acted in. Which is crazy. And he only got into acting because he was like, you know, I, I know how much actors make and I want to make that much money. So he lied his way through the casting. He told everyone that he did films in Ukraine, in like Russia, and like uh, in Asian, uh, countries and everything. Um, and he was just that, that way they couldn't find any record. You know, if they did some research and find out, Oh, what films did he do in these other countries that aren't in England or America? Um, and he just lied and made up a bunch of stuff and it got him to get the role. And then once he, they flew the director out, cause I think they were, uh, in Switzerland and the director was like scouting for locations. They flew him out to meet, um, George, it's George Lazenby, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was yeah, I'm terrible with his name. It's because he's it's like, It's like
0: Lazenby Lasenby, it's something like yeah. that. At least we know his name is yeah, George. There you go. <laughs> that's, that's the first, yeah, you know. <laughs> Um
1: he flew out to meet George and in the middle of, you know, shooting for locations, you know, like they're trying to find the right spots. And they flew him out, and then George was like, Hey, you know what? I don't deserve this. Like I I lied. I like this is all like I made all this up. I I, I don't know what I got myself into. And he's like, You know what? You lied your way through the process. Uh, that's acting, dude. Like, you just acted your way. I mean, he basically... He James Bond into yes. it. Like, he just acted like a he
0: used his... Uh, changed identities and all that yes. stuff. So, if uh, for all intents and purposes, this guy could have... Honestly, watching him in this movie, I would have been down
1: for more George Lazenby Me movies. Me too. As Bond. He was fun. He was good. Yeah, I loved his performance, to tell you the truth. um, Very suave. Very confident. Um, highly underrated, honestly. Very much so. And... You know, he did get approached to do other Bond movies after this. You know, they wanted him back, but he said no. He felt that the at the Times, it's what, 63 or something like that, 62, when this one, um, when the book was written and Dr. No came out. And then this one came out, I think, in the 70s, I want to say.
0: You saw the Beatles' hair grow, and you said, uh, I'm not I'm not going to be part of this Dude, no more. straight
1: up. He was just like, everyone's like long-haired, beards, like hippie. Like, no one cares about this clean-cut, Secret Service secret agent thing anymore this is played out like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that to my career and he turned everything down and i guess they brought back sean connery which is interesting for the next film but for like one yeah yeah. yeah, for well technically two one's not canon though we'll get to that um oh yeah yeah one's not an eon film but he came back like 11 years later to do another bond film I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> It'll be okay. Yes, uh, I'm like I'm like well, this is the first time
0: <laughs> hearing of this. What are you what are you talking about here soon? Um, but okay. But yeah,
1: Lazenby was just like, dude, it's that I'm um, no one no one's gonna care for this in a few years. I'm done with this. Like, you know, it's good money and I have more money than I ever imagined. I don't I don't need more of it. And uh that was the end of his bond career. Yeah. And looking at the rest of the as we
0: kind of said in the Doctor No episode the writing and directing teams pretty much are like passing the torch from one to the Mm -hmm. other. Uh, You kind of see a lot of the same people working on them for a long time. And then you kind of see other names all of a sudden pop up and then those names become dominant as time goes on. So they like kind of get people in apprentice them and like pass the torch once they feel like they're going to exit out and you see like a nice transition there. But this is interesting. The director was Peter R. Mm -hmm. Hunt.
1: He was of the crew for Dr. No, but he was an editor. Yeah, for all the other Bond movies before this he was just an editor. Also he worked on Shitty Shitty Bang Bang which is another Ian Fleming book and he was like, just did the title sequence or whatever. So he's really worked with Ian Fleming's work in general for a very long time.
0: Yeah. And of course the writing was Richard Maybaum again. Mm -hmm. You know, he's been there for quite some time. But, dude this is a movie where we're kind of jumping in, you know, we we skipped how many movies? Like what five different films? Yeah, or no, four. four, four, four different films. And you almost think like, oh, they finally got this in, they got this in. And then, then I realized, oh no, these are already a part of it now. We just didn't see it in Doctor No specifically. But over pretty much the next four movies, we get introduced to other characters like Q and also like the intros. And things like mm-hmm. that, like all of these things that are like all of a sudden kind of fresh again are like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty, sh- I'm honestly, I know for sure we get intros in Goldfinger because you get like that song where it's like he's the man. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> touch and stuff. So I'm trying to remember if from Russia with love is the first appearance of Q where he starts giving him the gadgets and also is the first like actual Bond intro. Because we talked about it before where Doctor No didn't have any of that. It just had M, it had uh Money Penny, and that was it. Like it had, of course, the classic Bond theme, but it didn't have a specific song mm. that really uh pinned everything down except for like that coconut song yeah. that they played in the beginning with the three blind mice yeah. thing going on. And I was like, what is happening right now? Are we in the watching the right movie? But uh <laughs> This movie, and it starts off like they kind of break the fourth wall a bit because you got Bond going through and you see a woman going in. It's like, oh, what's she doing? Oh, she's going to go kill herself in the ocean. It's like, oh, okay. And you see Bond haul ass like, no, beautiful lady, don't, don't kill yourself. Two goons come out of nowhere and they're like, you know, we got you, Mr. Bond. And you can only assume that it's like Spectre Agents, yeah, right? And like bond deals with it and the woman gets away and george Lazenby turns to the screen and goes i bet the other guy didn't
1: have to deal with this and then the intro starts and you're like what? it's it's <laughs> kind of ridiculous and also you know it's funny you mentioned that line too um because that line george that was the one he just thought of on the spot and they had him use it it's not in the book it's not anything that's a george Lazenby like like on this that's album. amazing yeah so it's kind of cool that he did that but you know i was gonna bring this up this brings up continuity with james bond and it's something that you you and i have discussed like in our previous conversations not on the air but like just you and me um it's kind of jumbled i'm a little confused on is this still like supposed to be the same james bond as sean connery i'm assuming so I, but then he has that it's line like yes it,
0: it's supposed to be yes because uh it, it's really weird. It's so my thinking and I had to think really hard about this because you know it, for there's I feel like I don't even know if it's different camps of people but there's different beliefs of bond it's like oh James Bond and 007 is a title. It's not a uh person specifically. So that's when you see the actor changes. Exactly. But they do pretty much all line up with the same history and the same, uh, they do have callbacks. Like, honestly, License to Kill with Timothy Dalton has a callback to this specific movie in the beginning where it talks about it like, oh, he was married once and all this stuff. And you see him literally get blow. <laughs> I don't know if I want to, well, we're not going to get to that movie until 2022. So I'll just say it now because you don't remember this anyway. But uh, they have felt in it. And you know, he's like, after what happened in- um, Thunderball. In, not Thunderball, in this one, because this takes place after Thunderball, at least in the movies. But uh, you know, Blofeld's like all screwed up. He's like in a wheelchair or something and Bond finds him, picks him up. He uses a helicopter to pick him up and he drops him into a nuclear reactor. Just drops him into one. He just oh, flies wow. over it and goes, this is your stop, and goes by. Then it goes, license to kill intro. Because it's like, yeah, he was married once. And it's just him getting just stone-cold revenge oh, on a wow. guy. Okay, my bad. And, and it's years, it's Bonds later. Like, it's it's like after, it's like post-Sean Connery, George Lazenby, and Roger Moore. This is the fourth Bond. They're doing this from the second Bond. And uh, you there is a clear... Like stop, and it's die another day with Pierce Brosnan, Uh and then you get Daniel Craig, and it's kind of it's a it's a pure reboot. Like that's where you see the pure reboot where it's like okay, there's where this is where the line was cut, but it's still even loose from there because uh, just like I was talking like how they transition like writers and directors in and Uh out, they do that with the act, the crew, the James Bond crew as well. Where you have M, you have Moneypenny, you have Q. Eventually Q gets uh, uh, transitioned out and he has an apprentice named, it's either P or R. I think it's P. Mm. And P becomes the new gadget guy uh, uh, eventually. And you see him like in all the Brosnan stuff. And then uh, M gets replaced by, uh, what's her face? Judy Dench, Dame Judy Dench. And it's funny because you get to Casino Royale and you get uh, eventually, like in I think Skyfall and stuff, you get a new Q, you get a new money penny, yeah. but M is still Judy yes. Dench for Daniel Craig, and then it transitions out again though. Yeah. So it's really interesting how they keep things very loose, but still like in a lin- in the linear in linear fashion. I think honestly, she's just a transition because they wanted someone familiar, mm. without still it's still like a clean slate, mm. but. Um, I see now, if you ever watch the new movie Spectre, the, the newest Bond movie, you know, not, obviously No Time to Die is not out yet, but Spectre's intro matches, and it looks like it was heavily influenced by On Her Majesty's Secret Service intro, because they match the same type of thing here. So, guys, when you watch On Her Majesty's Secret Service, you see it, and during it, they do, uh not a montage, but they kind of go through a little sizzle reel where they'll show a specific scene of like the Bond girl from a previous movie and the villain. They start off with Dr. No, and they do that tropical theme with it. And then they do the theme of From Russia with love with like the female villain that was in it, as well as the Russian girl that was like the, the Russian spy that he falls in love with for a bit uh-huh. there. Then it goes to uh, Goldfinger uh, with him as well. And then it goes to Thunderball. But you see all of those uh, Bond girls, all the villains, and the themes from each one in the On Her Majesty's Secret Service intro. And they do that, and the reason for it is because it's like, this is the culmination, this is the climax of this arc, of this saga. Because so far it's been James Bond going up against Spectre as a whole, and now he's going against the head honcho here. Whereas, you look and you see Daniel Craig's, like, pretty much like, I think Diamonds Are Forever, there's some, like, aftershock of Spectre. But once you get to Roger Moore, it's all this new stuff. Like, Spectre's not a thing anymore. It's not not a thing for uh, Roger Moore, it's not for Timothy Dalton, it's not for Pierce Brosnan. But with Daniel Craig, they restart it all, and they bring it back. And in Spectre, they have Blofeld Mm -hmm. as well in this one, and they make it even more personal, but... In the intro, uh, if you listen to the, that wonderful song by Sam Smith, "Writing on the yeah. Wall, in it, there is a portion where it's like, uh, I don't know how I remember that. I actually played the song on loop, so I, I guess I do know why I remember <laughs> it. But he's like, a uh, million shards of glass, uh, things, it's like, uh, millions of shards of glass, hauntings from my past or something oh. like that. It's like basically haunting from my past and it shows uh, Eva Green's Vesper. It shows uh, Mad Mickelson's dude with the bleeding eye. It's got uh, Javier Bardem, uh, you know, uh, as uh, what's his face? You know, yeah. the dude from Skyfall. You, It has M. It has, I think, I forget. Quantum of Solace, it's hard to remember specifically just because that was like a Bond 1.5 or Casino Royale like, mm-hmm. 1.5. But like there was stuff from that too. But it has that stuff too where from the previous films culminating in this. And the same thing is here where you have the climactic villain that's like behind pretty much everything for the most mm-hmm. part and you have the woman that bond leaves everything for. Yes. So those two have such a big connection and it's so I didn't re- like I knew it was like kind of similar cuz it's like oh it's the same uh bond villain and the same cause, for, like more or less the same woman that he like goes for but or leaves everything for but the intro itself does the same type of flashback and I thought that was
1: really cool. You know that's interesting because in the book the way it starts off is that it is kind of he is talking about his past a lot and he says that you know he's driving to casino royale after he meets the girl and it's funny they don't there's no beach scene and or any of that like when in the book he's driving he sees this girl and she does the whole thing where she passes him and he's like super attracted to that he's like damn that girl can drive and live dangerously i like that and uh he's super turned on and then he's driving and then he's like for some reason i come to casino royale once a year no matter what i'm always drawn to it i always wind up here for some reason and um Every time I drive past, like, he looks over and he sees a graveyard. And he's like, I know there's a cross right there that says Vesper on it. And he, like, hurts because that's his first love from Casino Royale, which is the first book. And then this, you know, On Her Majesty's Secret Service is, like, the third to last book of the James Bond series. Um, I think there's, like, one or two more and then kind of a collected edition of stories. But uh, it's towards his end. And so this is, like, of course, Spectre's ending now. Um, I think specter this is part two of like the blowfield's like in three books it's like a thunderball this one and then i think the book after this i think it's never die twice or something like that um but that is a big part of this book is he's kind of reflecting on like he's done like he's tired he's everything's caught up to him and he hurts you know uh and he's he's been chasing down blowfield or actually um he wants to quit He's the one that volunteers. He has a draft ready of his rec- resignation. All and he, you know, he reads it out loud. He's like, it's real drafty, but I'm gonna work it out. And I gotta turn this in. I'm done. I'm I'm over this, you know. And I think that's one of the biggest differences is that for one, in the film, he says he's done after he gets assigned this mission again. When he's like, I don't want to chase Blowfield anymore. Um, but in the book, it's quite the opposite. You know, he's working with him and everyone the entire time and he's not asking to like he never turns in his resignation letter he asks for 10 days leave towards the end to get married and all that um but uh even his relationship with blowfield i think it's uh it... wait isn't in the, in the books is it called
0: is he called blowfield yeah yeah interesting wait how do they i wonder why they make it how,
1: wait, how do you say in the movie what is it uh, felt Oh, it's the same thing. Oh, my bad. I'm just, I'm oh, okay. just saying I was it wrong myself. Okay. <laughs> <I> was like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <I> was like... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the same. And then, you know, even the heritage part, uh, well, we'll get to that in a bit. But that is cool. It's cool. It's an interesting connection you just made from the intro scenes and how he really feels in the book. Um, very similar and very, like, in sync with him. Um, but, you know, that continuity thing, it just throws me off so much. It's like... I, it does make sense. I guess they do replace him. It's like having What's-Her-Face in Dark Knight Returns, who wasn't in Batman Begins.
0: You know what I mean? It's like... It's oh, like, it went from um, Katie Holmes to uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's not the... That, that doesn't... I have no attachment. Like yeah, it no, exactly. <laughs> I <don't really>
1: <laughs> I'm like, oh, that was fine. Um, it, so it's... uh, It's cool. I'm glad they did, but I mean it, it brought up that question for so long that Again, that's how this show started. We were just like, what's the continuity for Bond? I I, I I, personally felt that it was always different agents, different people, but they gained the name of James Bond. That's like the secret code name for everybody. And 007 is a secret code name. But apparently it is the same person in this first section of continuity. And then the Daniel Craig is just one person as well. So I'm wondering if they're going to reboot it again or if they're going to continue his, you know, in the future movies – you know, maybe it's going to be different people in this 007 James Bond present. There's so many roads to go. It's hard yeah, to say, it's, right? It's an interesting path to take for sure. Um, but, anyways, the, you know, the, I think what was kind of interesting in this movie, too, was uh, the action scenes. I Dude, I had
0: notes on that, too. It's like they're, they're crazier shot, they're faster paced. Like, once the action starts, it's like, yeah. Like, i'm like what's the hell's happening right now
1: like it feels like they they sped up the film i could be wrong and i i could be i'm assuming because i haven't watched very many of these type of films but it feels like like, a kung fu movie where it's just like quick action scenes like you know different camera angles for every different punch and whatnot like i feel like that's what would happen in like a kung fu movie that's the vibe i got off of it and it's the 70s they're trying to cut it or maybe George just really wasn't that great of an actor and they just had to like cut it to make it like fluid and like entertaining because it wasn't, you know, it didn't feel right. Um, I mean, in the fighting scenes, don't the Bonds like have,
0: don't they have stunt doubles still at this point or no? I
1: want to say so, yeah.
0: I, I know so, Sean Connery I did for f- sure. He did not do oh, it. Oh, then I feel like Lazenby probably did it. Maybe the... I don't know. I feel like maybe it was just a film choice, too, because this is now the editor being the director now, and he maybe has different styles that he wanted to try out.
1: Oh, that's very true. Him, you know, editing all the previous Bond films could have had a huge uh, impact on that. Man, Yeah, because he's like,
0: now I'm in charge. Also, like, if you notice that in a lot of the, at least beginning scenes, there's a lot of silhouettes. A lot. Like, you don't see clear faces. It's very, very dark Mm -hmm. in a lot of areas.
1: Yeah, that's very true. To kind
0: of Yeah, it's, I guess because it's also, they're revealing new characters and it's like the culmination movie once again, so they keep hiding things as things go on, but I could be wrong, but it was just, it was interesting to see these changes compared to what we saw in Dr. No. And I, I do know too, like, I don't think it was like this for the other Connery movies, at least from what I can recall the last time I did watch them, however long ago it was, that they weren't like dark like that and the fighting wasn't that fast paced.
1: No, I don't think any of them were. Um, I I think this one definitely had a different tone to them for sure as well. Uh, Sean Connery's films, I, I don't know. They were kind of. It's weird because Bond is. It's like reading a Batman comic. You know, depending on the era you're in, it has like a certain flavor and style to it. And the Bond films. Yeah, it's like a new creative team. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, and the Bond films do that exact same thing. Um, however, you know. The villain Blow is it Blowfield? Blaufield? <laughs> Blow- <Blowfeld. Feld. laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so bad at that. <laughs> <That'd be good. laughs> oh, Blowfeld. He's the same actor throughout all all of his appearances, right? I was double checking, and it says he's in
0: Diamonds Are Forever, and it looks like a completely different actor. Really. Yeah, like he doesn't even like they didn't even try to make him look similar. Like it's some dude with crazy hair.
1: Oh wow,
0: you know I'm like, did he do like facial reconstruction or something? It's very. Uh, I I gotta double check it again, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Charles Gray plays Blofeld in this one, and uh, it's and he played it previously making... too, right? It was Telly Savalas in On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Oh, wow. So the actors are completely different as well. And Tony Savella, so I was, cause I remember seeing him in it and I'm like, why is he, I'm so used to him being, I guess not being good. Cause he's also the guy that goes crazy in the dirty dozen. Oh, uh, he's man. one of the soldiers in it. And he's like a, he's got a weird thing about women being sinners. Like he sees them as sinners and he goes kind of crazy uh-huh. there. Uh, when he's on a mission, when they're attacking the Nazis and he kind of goes rogue, but uh, there's that he's also in Battle of the Bulge as a tank sergeant. Mm. And that was probably my favorite role of him because I was so used to him being in that. And then I see him in here and I'm like, oh, he's bad. Then I see Dirty Dozen*, and I'm like,
1: oh, he's insane. Oh, man. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. You know, but, in yeah. the book, uh, it's kind of the same storyline and plot. It's much more similar than to Dr. No. Dr. No was just like way off, like guano and radioactive material, just two totally polar and opposite. And coral and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. polar opposite <laughs> stuff. Um, but this one, you know, he is trying to find his heritage and date back to claim like royalty, and then Bond does go undercover as this guy and everything. Um, however, uh, he can't really recognize uh, Blaufeld. Did I say it right? I'm so sorry. Blaufeld, <laughs> <laughs> I write right. Like down. blow and I felt I felt something, and it's so Blaufeld
0: right. or Blaufeld. It's like it's not the t- It's like a D, not a T. But you know, it's like Blaufeld.
1: No, I keep messing this up. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm curious what you're gonna see different next time. It's like each one's different. I'm just keep rolling with it, um, but in the book, Bond goes up to the you know to Switzerland and to the Alps and everything, and he's like, "Man, this doesn't look like him." And he looks at his eyes, and he has these special like contacts because of like how the sun is at that altitude, um, and his you know he has to have these special things. He still has earlobes, which is kind of. Convoluted with like the heritage aspect. Oh, the whole thing with the, mm-hmm. yeah, with like not having oh, no. earlobes. I don't think he does, but he realizes that Blo- uh, Blofeld does have earlobes. He's like, that he does have them. Hey, you did it. Yeah, you said I know the I name tried right. Really there. <laughs> um, <proud> <laughs> he, he realizes that, you know, his last encounter, he's like, no, he has earlobes. Like, we got to prove this wrong. And then he gets up there and he's like, this guy doesn't have earlobes. Like, is this really him? Like, am I chasing the right person? And he can't figure out if it's Blofeld or not he really can't like he's just like he's investigating and he's working with them through the heritage thing for a good chunk of the book dude like and there's all this information Um, but I think that's one of the biggest differences like he really can't recognize they don't recognize each other at all and I think Blofeld really he finds out that it is Bond and then um, you know Bond escapes and there's this huge skiing part and it's super cool it's actually better in the book just like in the movie Oh, really? Way better in the book. I'm not going to lie. That whole action sequence, dude, Bond gets so beat up. There's even a description where he's just like, I know my ribs didn't crack, but I am definitely bruised to hell. Like, I'm in pain. And he's, like, scavenging and just trying to get to, that that little city, like, that town under them. And he yeah. goes into the ski rink, which is inside a building, and he sits down and he passes out. And he wakes up and Tracy's there, the, the girl he's in love with. Um, And, you know, she picks him up and everything. And, you know, they go in the ice rink because Bond's like, we need to move like Tracy. I'm in bad shape right now. You need to help me out. And she gets him out and everything. And then that kind of progresses and whatnot, too. Um, But uh, in the movie, you know, this book I mentioned to Dr. No, he wasn't as misogynistic. He's like, you know, the girl there. He's like, man, she's young. I can't be banging her stuff like that this in the book you know he commits to like all right you know i'll I'll marry your daughter you know but if you get me the information i need uh to find blofeld i will come back and i will marry your daughter uh we'll we'll make this arrangement and then you know he's there and he does bang one of the girls like that's getting uh treatment (laughs) like during his time there and then he goes is that like his bachelor party to himself? i guess stupid and then he goes back and then he's with tracy again but in the film, <laughs> dude, I'm so ridiculous, dude. All
0: right, the movie, he, all
1: right. Let me. I want to take over this
0: part because it's so crazy. Like the scene at dinner. It's so there's all these women that are there because they have allergies and they're getting potential cures for their allergies, even though they're being used as like uh, patient zeros for like a virus. All and stuff to the teeth to
1: the book too, by the way. That's all very accurate. Okay.
0: Cool. Cool. And, you know, like, they're all interested because it's like all the dudes that work there are all Blofeld's men and they aren't of interest of all this, whatever. And, you know, Bond comes in and they're like, who's this man? (laughs) And they're all like swooning over him. One of them straight up writes and lipstick on his because he's wearing a kilt (laughs) it looks like she's rubbing up on his leg under the table and you're like oh she writes her room number because it's just eight on his leg so he can come to her room and he's like well i can't disappoint it's all part of the mission i guess so he goes and sleeps with her comes back to his room and there's another girl that broke into his room and is like, I want to know more about heritage. <laughs> and he's like,
1: Yeah, let me Dude, show you. The honey. same lines he gave the other girl in her apartment to the T. The same, same exactly.
0: exa- of like, Oh, unique things. Uh, really, I- I'm only interested in something unique, which you are profoundly. It gets
1: You're just so exquisite. It's just I was like, what
0: like? I was like, Yeah, I'm like, what, what is happening right now? And the next day. She's like, I want to see you again because I'm leaving. And he's like, 9 I'll see you at 8 o'clock. Yeah. And then that girl that was in his room is like, I want to see you again. So he's like, 9 o'clock. <laughs> and then another girl passes him by. As she passes him by, he just goes, 10 o'clock. <laughs> and i I'm just like, uh, is is this just him getting everything out of his system? Because he's like, I'm going to become a married man. I need to just get all the which I I think it's like, it's hilarious. I think it's the, it's the funniest thing, just how they do it. Because one, he's like suave, pretty much as repetitive as it gets to the point where he has them all scheduled by the hour to see it's for office hours mm-hmm. and then like at the same time though i'm just like you scumbag you're about yes, to get married to this one
1: exactly he was all in love with her it's a, oh man it is it, it it's the most bond like idea ever you know that's what people expect from a james bond film and yeah it's it's I, it's hilarious you know maybe for the time it's 1969 I don't I'm not surprised. I can imagine you know. people now definitely being like arms crossed like hmm. Yeah, yeah, no My, <laughs> like, yeah, my girlfriend was watching it with
0: But me. I feel like that's every I feel like that's any movie that's literally before two thousand and sixteen <laughs> or something.
1: Like at yeah, the same time. My girlfriend people was people watching. Just it with get me. She was just like, This is this is ridiculous. Why why are you making me sit down with you to watch a stupid movie? Uh no, it's good. It's funny because, uh, you know, in the Bond books, it's it's like that, but it's not so overdone so far, you know? And I got to say, you yeah, know, Her, On Her Majesty's Secret Service is one of the most uh, critically acclaimed Bond books. But it was kind of harder really? for me to get through than Dr. No. I feel like kind of how it was in the film, how there's, like, exposition and there's a scene going on. And then all of a sudden there's just action. And you're just like, uh... Well how, well how did this happen like how how did i wind up oh uh, so is
0: it is it just like the pacing doesn't yeah. fit as much in the book? it was
1: kind of weird on the pacing um you know i feel like i read it at the same time and mood and mindset as i read dr no but i just didn't feel i mean i was definitely interested because there were some points where i read like four chapters in a row and for dr no i never did that but i think it's just because i was like i need to figure out what the hell's going on you know i was trying to get all the information you can't just leave at a certain spot um But a lot of, like, that the pacing with the action scenes, they were good, but, like, the transition into them, it felt more cluttered. And I could see why. You know, it's towards the end of his career. He only had two books after this. Um, But even his whole relationship with Blofeld was, like, really interesting. And the way he's trying to figure out, like, is this him? And he's listening to, like, the treatments. He's analyzing, like, the environment. And he's, like, everything screams Spectre. Uh, this has to be Spectre, you know, reincarnated because apparently he destroyed Spectre and Thunderball. Um, and this, mm. I think he did in the film. I, I barely remember Thunderball. I just remember the underwater scene and that's like it. <laughs> or dude, Thunder, <laughs> Thunderball coming to you in 2023. Yeah, <laughs> um, and this is uh, this is post-Thunderball and he's just trying to seek him out and he's analyzing everything and actually Blofeld gets away without bond figuring mm. out if that was really him he assumes it's him and they have they're just like this has to be and this has to be specter kind of coming back all of the men and the henchmen look like X Spectre. um it all kind of like plans out and he even teams up with uh her, his father-in-law pretty much um to like go and take you know once everyone's safe he teams up with them and they go and infiltrate the facility um but even his relationship with the father-in-law is much deeper in the book. Like you figure out motivations, you figure out like bond is real humble, you know, um, his father's like the whole hundred pounds of gold and everything that's still offered. But bond is like, no, I think it was a million. million, Yeah. Something like that. Uh, yeah, it was like, a million. yeah, you're totally right. Um, and Bond's like, no, you know what? Like I that's sweet, that's great, but we don't I didn't come for money. I didn't need money growing up. And you know, if we gotta learn on our own and our like figure things out. But if we're ever in a bind, if something ever happens, I can count on you to for help if we ever need it, if you're fine with that. And then the dad's like, Yeah, cool, whatever. Um, and then their wedding goes off afterwards and it's pretty much similar. Q's not in the books yet though. I don't think Q was ever in the books. Um, really, yeah.
0: I mean, I, I also I feel like at the time, too, they weren't, I guess, were gadgets really a thing in the books as well? Not
1: really from the from the I think that might have been a
0: film thing where they introduced that at that time because they're like, oh, here we go. Here's mm-hmm. like and it, a secret agent and spy material, like spy gear. Dude, Q
1: is like one of my favorite Bond characters, too. I love that actor when he passed away just a few years ago, um, maybe like five years ago. But uh, I was pretty devastated. He was—he's just a great guy in every film, and I love his attitude towards Bond, his jokes, his like—he—he he reminds me of how Alfred is in Snyder's BVS and Justice League. You know what I mean? How he's always working mm-hmm. with stuff, and then he's just like, "Oh God, why do you have to like screw all this up? Like, why are you destroying everything?" He reminds me so much of Alfred in that. Um, so it great. was cool seeing him. But my biggest complaint is the end scene uh when they're driving away in the book they get into a car crash and you know the whole shooting thing happens where uh blofeld shoots um them both and then he you know a bond turns over and tracy's dead and then he's just like damn i forgot i'll I'll, I'll look up the last line right now but um and this one it was kind of like yeah well you guys just pulled over for no reason like why'd you stop (laughs) why why Wait. yeah it's just like
0: to take off the flowers and stuff and they're just like because i guess it's like they've left the crowd and they're like oh uh kind of i guess i don't know stopping for a second and then yeah they just do like a drive-by and you see blofeld is just like in a net cast like get him honey (laughs) it's like uh his assistant or like his main henchman woman Mm -hmm. just like yeah just fires off at him and Bond's just like Oh, that's them, dear. Let's go after them. And then you look over and it's just like, oh. Yeah. Damn. No. And dude, that was honestly, I was pretty, I was like, damn, it it hurts even more because I realized who it was. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I didn't realize as a kid. But, uh, you know, the Contessa, uh, I think what her name, uh, you know, Tracy, she is played by Diana Rigg. And also looking at her too, you know, as a boy or I, as when I say a boy, I'm not like six watching this. I'm probably <laughs> like in high school or something, you know, so I'm like, you know, you see all the Bond girls and you're just like, oh, y'all, they're, they're pretty. And I'm like, at least of the Connery era and the Jet Lazenby mm-hmm. era, she was definitely my favorite. Uh, and I also realized now too, I'm like even more so, Diana Rigg, dude. And I, I I wanted to wait to tell you this now, but you know, I told you she's in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I didn't tell you who she was. She is Olina Tyrell, the Queen of Thorns. Marjorie's grandmother oh, in it. The one that just yeah, passed that's away, her.
1: like, recently. Last
0: year, unfortunately, oh. yeah. She she passed away last year. That is the same woman, because when she is talking, just like, you know, you have Sean Connery in Last Crusade, and he's like, saying like, yeah, when I was a young man, I was very suave," And, you know, he's like, saying like, he him and Uh, Indiana sleep with the same woman in the movie (laughs) it's like you know he's like she talks in a sleep it's just like oh my god but uh, in Game of Thrones uh, you know Natalie Dormer plays Marjorie Tyrell who's her granddaughter Mm -hmm. and they're talking together and like I forget what she says but it's something like uh, Marjorie's like oh grandma and stuff and she's like I was quite the looker back in the day and you know I was like I had my own set of stuff and it's like the same thing and she's referring to She's referring to her as Tracy and Bond, but also, she played. Um, there was that British show, The Avengers. Yeah. Oh no way. She that was her. Oh
1: dude. She was the main lead. Uh, she was the female lead in Avengers. That is so Steed and uh, Mr. Peel. Yes, or uh, Mrs. Peel. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that is so cool. I did not realize
0: that. Yeah. So she she was amazing, and I'm looking at her old like I'm watching her in this movie now, and I'm looking at her because the whole thing. They, they thought of this really far ahead Or it feels like it did or it was fate I'm not sure one or the other But Diana Rigg as a young woman Looks exactly Or at least facially very very similar To Natalie Dormer So it works so well That she's like her granddaughter In the show because like They just look like each
1: other And so this is interesting yeah. Okay so you referenced it back To the Avengers she played uh, I think her name is Peel, Miss Peel. In the Avengers, um, and Steed is the the male secret agent. Um, there was a, a movie that came out in the '90s that I've I've always loved, and it's The Avengers. This was, um, and it's a remake of that show, and it stars. Uh, I, I'm pretty positive it has Sean Connery in it as the villain, and then the guy that plays M now in Bond film is Steed. Oh, yeah. So, like, these people that, like, you know, she was uh, Peel way back when, and then a few years later, the guy that played Bond is now Steed, and the guy that played M, I mean, uh, the guy that plays M is now Steed, and then Sean Connery, who was Bond, is now the villain in the Avengers film. That is insane, that connection, it's just like a shuffled deck, of, it's a multiverse thing, It's DC would do this. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just
0: like, it's like when you see the, it's like the same, it's like, oh, Burton's really small. You know, they're just <laughs> using the same actors. <laughs> they're just like, all right, we're just going to switch these roles around a bit. And here we go. We got a new movie. Yeah,
1: for real That's, uh, but, is, we yeah, got to do dude, that film someday. That is, it's, a, I don't, maybe it's dated. I, I loved it as a kid. Um, I've actually never seen any. I, I had to research,
0: like, I, I put, I would, I, I'm definitely going to say, I, I think I put more research into this than I did with Dr. No, just because I was, I won't lie. Um, People would probably a lot of people will probably think I'm crazy for this, but uh in terms of the I kinda consider it in like three eras. I mean like George Lazenby falls in the Connery mm-hmm. era for the most part. And I love Sean Connery, but this is ironically like my favorite of those movies. He uh he's a great in that
1: time. He is uh Yeah. You know, honestly, I everything he did I was sold on. I I I you know, okay. I tried to watch this movie a few months ago. I was on like a spy kick. And again, this dates back to when you and me first had this conversation and I was watching all the bond films, um, as many as I could to get inspiration for a story I was working on. And I put on this one cause I'd heard so much about it. My editor at work auto had mentioned it as well. And I was like, damn, I got to watch, got to watch this one. I put on the first like 10 minutes and the beach scene turned me off so hard. I was like, I do not want to watch this movie ever. It, you're the only reason why I watched it. And I'm glad I gave it the chance. Um, but, excuse me, the the beach scene, it threw me off because, like, the lighting is so horrific in that scene. It's, like, it's bright so weird. and then it's super dark <laughs> on the next angle and then it's super bright again. Yeah. And then you're kind of just confused, like, what's going on. Um, and then Bond starts talking to you and you're like, huh, he's talking yeah, to me. Like, what? <laughs> <You're just> like, <laughs> I think I made it to, like, right where the credits start. And I was like, eh, I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm going to skip over this guy. Apparently, it's crap but uh once you get going through it like dude he, he plays everything off really well um even going undercover i i bought it it's not as like you know of, of course just like anything and i said this awesome it's not as badass as the book for sure um but for an adaptation of 1969 and they they already have an essence of bond they have to stick to that and they have to keep with that characterization because that's what people expect at that point um brilliant for just stepping into the shoes for one movie dude kudos applause you know for sure this guy did great yeah i would love to have seen him in another one it's unfortunate he turned it down again um you know i guess when we do the the movie that came after this we'll talk about why sean connery came back but uh it's it stands out and it stands out in a really good way though like i but you know unsee towards the end it kind of did drag how did you feel about some of those end scenes like the bobsledding scene
0: I went on, okay, the ch- I feel like the chases are what lasted mm-hmm. too long. Like, that, it was like, there were two, there wasn't, it wasn't just one, there were two ski chases in this movie. Yes. And then it was the bobsledding. I'll say um, the first ski chase was probably the longest and could have been shortened a lot yeah. more. The second one I did enjoy more because you're getting more of Tracy and the difference between Tracy and, like, kind of a lot of the other Bond girls is she can handle herself a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, She is skiing with him on par with James Bond. Yeah. And just being like, doing all these tips, like all these sick tricks and stuff. She, dude, you see her drive. Yeah. uh, When they're escaping and she's, you just see her so concentrated and they get into like that, the (laughs) The car. derby race? uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the derby race. And she is throwing cars left and right. She's just like, I can get past this. I can do this. And she even jokes like, Oh, we missed. We we didn't collect our prize yeah. <laughs> like when they won, dude. So many but, one-liner jokes uh, in this one, and so dude, the one-liners in this were fantastic. <laughs> I was loving it. I was like, oh, this is fan. This is great. But yeah, the the ski chase, um, the first one definitely could have been. I would say if you could shorten any of them, shorten that one, and then shorten the bobsled, and then if you need to shorten the second ski mm-hmm. chase, because once again, I just liked seeing her get more time on the screen and like do more cool stuff. That's like you know this woman is catching Bond's heart and mm-hmm. stuff. But, uh, yeah, the bobsled itself, I was just like, yeah, this is pretty long. Because <laughs> it felt like, you know, they assault the base, and then they, they fight in the base, and then he gets out of there. And it's it feels like it's just a prolonged, like, I felt like I was getting the different endings of Lord of the Rings. Oh, God, Where yeah. it's like, oh, you have ending 1, and 4, which, no complaints to them, but I'm just like, you know, in this case, I'm just like, dude, is this still going? <laughs> yeah, <it's... laughs>
1: What's going this on here, should dude? have just been two hours, and it would have been great. You know, just...
0: They probably could have cut like yeah ten to fifteen minutes or something out of it because it was what like it was two hours like and twenty one minutes. Uh, twenty one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So yeah, they could have cut like fifteen minutes out of that thing, <laughs> but uh, it was still like even though it's slight, slightly a little bit fat there, it still did a lot of good stuff, mm-hmm. and like it it was a great combo of humor and like I said, if you've been watching all the movies, it's like oh here's the big villain, which I won't lie part of me felt slightly... I guess because I haven't watched Thunderball in forever, and if it is Blofeld in that one too, then I understand why it's not going to be as whelming, because, you know, it's like that's probably the culmination of, like, oh, this is the big bad, and this is this mm-hmm. crazy, like, location, whereas this is, like, I guess most likely then, oh, this is plan B location. Yeah. And he's just trying to catch him again, but the other one he saw was kind of his A team, and this is his B team. Yeah. Even though, <laughs> dude, his henchman. We're just straight up like Olympic Swiss people. Yes. Because if you notice their jackets have the Olympic symbol on them. So I'm like, are are these like are these like Olymp? did he hire Olympians? And it's like, yes, Blow felt so despicable. He has assembled a team of Olympic athletes And they are his henchmen And this is the level of man you're dealing with
1: And in the book it's like straight up like Russian dudes That were just like okay you guys don't belong here You guys are definitely like joined in And you're following someone Like, It's very different Um, You know I think the only thing that's a big difference Which makes sense from the book Is that they modernized it for the times It did have much more of a 70s vibe Than like an early 60s vibe um, like they yeah. had the mechanical door thing, and in the book it's just like, oh no, I could uh slip this thing through the lock, and it opens the lock, and you just got to be. Careful. Oh yeah, he
0: had his, he had his little he put like three things together to open the door, yeah. and then he comes back, and that woman that's waiting for him has a file. nail file, and she's like, yeah, I used the nail file, and he, I got, he got through. Like it. A metal
1: He's like, and like uh, two giant erasers and like a clamp, so he doesn't yeah himself, and yeah, it, 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 it works, you know. Honestly, it does work no matter what. Uh, the whole, oh, the whole allergy thing, too. That's embellished a lot more the plan. Did, did you understand mm-hmm. his plan? It was, so I was slightly, I won't lie, I was slightly confused.
0: Um, I, I think I was just slow on the ball there for it. But isn't it like he has a, it's like a form of virus. And it's going to be through all the girls because they, it's not, they I don't think they have anything. It's what they have in their, uh, those little gifts yeah. they got. And they only use it upon his... That's why he's saying, don't touch these specific uh, portions. Use your compact and I'll communicate you uh, every night at midnight or something. Or whenever like the call comes out. And if they don't do my request, then you will go to uh, that thing you're not supposed to touch. And you destroy that or like utilize it. And that's what's going to cause everything to go crazy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much it's pretty much to the book. But the book gives you a lot more information to understand what's really happening. Um, there's this whole thing where like thousands of turkeys are dying across like, you know, the UK and everything, and they can't figure it out. And, oh, it kills the livestock, right? It's just to cripple the economy. Yeah, And all these girls, they're getting hypnotized to, of course, overcome these things and then go back home. And they're all from like agriculture and stuff like that. So they're going to go home and poison the world basically. And so we're going to lose like food and plants and all of them have certain things and that's why bond has to get he says he's getting their names to find out their heritage but actually it's to get like their information um to know where they're going and stop them before they plant this like these bio warfare bombs you know
0: yeah i forgot um the one, the first woman he sleeps with ruby is her allergy is chickens mm-hmm. on her farm mm-hmm. that makes it so much more so- yeah cuz i it's also interesting the way Blofeld does it cuz it's like you know doctor knows like Oh, I control missiles, yes. and it's uh, <laughs> just I'm, I'm gonna blow stuff up. And Blofeld's like, I will cripple your economy mm-hmm. through the destruction of your livestock and agriculture. And it's just like, what? what? And it's like, yeah, I don't even need weapons or guns or anything. I just I'll, I'll use these uh, to just take you out without even having to use violence yeah. if I wanted exactly. to. And that's. It's like he's very much the you could kind of tell why he's the brain of Spectre, yeah,
1: and it 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 works out so well. And even you know, okay, I was a little confused by this, and I could have just been tired when I saw the movie. But the the guy that's following Bond was that an American agent that ends up like getting hanged and all that type of stuff?
0: No, he was British too because he had an accent as well. Um, but yeah, he's a at first. So at first, I thought he was a. Uh, he was a gang member or like the dude in the syndicate that yeah, the father-in-law that's had. who I thought at first too. Because it's hard to, see. this is where I got confused. I couldn't tell because on one side the accent sounds British. So I'm thinking, okay this dude is part of MI6 yeah. or MI7 I think it was MI7 or whatever organization it is for uh, bond and stuff. But the whole thing with the uh, father-in-law is his front is construction. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, when he's like breaking into that lawyer's place, you see a crane and the guy's utilizing the crane there. So that's when you think, oh, okay, this dude works for the dad. And you think that until, it's like the first part, you think he works for the dad. And then you get to the ski area and you listen to him. And then you're like, oh, that's not the dad. That's for MI6. So I think the way also when Blofeld interrogates him, it sounds like he does work for the British. So... So uh, I would say he's a British agent. In the book,
1: there's a really cool scene where an American agent actually does everything he, that this guy does to get into Blowfield's, like little uh, Is he working with Bond or is he separate? So he's separate, but he gets captured and then he gets thrown in front of everybody. And then he's like kind of beat up and everything. And he looks up. He's like, James, thank God you're here. And then uh, everyone looks at James like, yo, you know this guy? and then uh the james is just like ah pff, this there's this dude's definitely been beat up i have no idea who this guy is he's like james tell them help me and they carry him off to go torture him and everything and then james realizes like okay my cover may have just been blown because of this asshole <laughs> and uh they ended up taking um you know James is just like alright I gotta figure this all out fast before you know maybe he'll cover for me and he'll realize what I'm doing and why I didn't you know help him right away he might realize I'm under He's singing like a canary yeah or he might sing so I gotta figure out how to get out of here and get to him to contact them and give him more information um, there's even like a whole thing about a skier dying and that's how he's just like man that skier just why, why did that guy just die and nobody really cared like all this stuff kind of happens and he's like dude this, this is Spectre like this has to be but he can't figure it out um, but yeah that character was totally different and I actually enjoyed him much more in the book because it's small but I think it plays out better in the book like James's cover almost gets completely blown and he has to come up with the stuff like oh you know like it's um, I'm, I'm remarkably you know similar to my cousin James and it, they may have known each other and whatnot. and there's a whole backup thing that it, to, it ends up saving him for that but I don't know I, I thought that ca- character was kind of confusing in the film and in the book, he just had, like, a purpose and, like, an understanding. Yeah, definitely.
0: Speaking of when he's undercover, uh, when he's figuring out his... Qu- he does, like, find out about his own coat of arms and stuff when he's at the university. Mm-hmm. And did you know what the motto was of his uh, his surname, yeah. of his, like, clan? Uh-huh. So this, I, my ears perked up when I heard it because I definitely didn't realize it before, but then it's a callback to Pierce Brosnan or a call for, oh. I guess, like, the world is not enough. Oh, that's
1: right. Yes, and that's in the book, too. I, I remember reading that line and I was like, oh, my gosh. It's so cool. <laughs> Dude, right? Yeah.
0: I, I thought about that and I'm just like, what is that even, like, what his, clan, like, I guess is like his coat of arms, his background, his clan. I'm like, were they, like, some form of conqueror back in the day or something in scotland or something but it's just like i'm trying to think about what the meaning was without having to think about the movie mm-hmm. because this of course it's not obviously a callback because it is the predecessor to a movie that comes in the pierce brosnan era this is i believe the third one this is the third second or third uh, uh pierce brosnan one i think
1: third because it's
0: I th- it's after tomorrow yeah, never dies, right? Yeah, right? That's what I'm thinking. Okay, it's the world is not enough is a Pierce Brosnan one, it's like this. Uh... We won't go into it because that's also one we probably won't get to for a while either. But it's like uh... there's a woman that he has to protect, and she's like royalty, and there's like all this stuff and a bunch of uh... a bunch of tricks and stuff within it because I think there's um... what was it. There's a lot of betrayals, I guess you could yeah. say, in within that one movie. Like it gets pretty, it gets pretty deep and personal, if i remember correctly. Because it also gets really big with the British government too. But I won't get into it. But yeah, it's called World Is Not Enough, and I'm just like, oh my god, I, it just made me think about that. And I, I thought that was crazy. I was thinking
1: like, you know, when they did, when I did read that line, I was like, man, maybe they were just trying to make a really cool reference. But dude, that that adds up completely. I totally spaced that out because it is mentioned in the book for sure.
0: We're going to have to remember that when we eventually get to that yes. movie. Because that's also, like I said, that's a movie that's straight up like in three years we're getting to this movie. Or like it's 2023. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's, it's going to be a yeah. while, guys. No. I'm sorry. But <laughs> it just happens. Um, I will say, too, the theme for this movie is probably my favorite Bond theme of that era as well. Just like, hey, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, This movie is my favorite. That theme is just so cool. It's like they utilized it in the beginning. They utilized it during the ski mm-hmm. chases as well. Mm-hmm. And it just works so, it, I don't know, it just it's so action because also, you know, a lot of the songs are either sung for the most part by a woman yeah. and eventually later, at least during Daniel Craig's time, you get male singers. But this one is just purely orchestral. Yeah. And it's just so well done because it's like, it's very, I don't know, it sounds like noble action, uh-huh. if that makes sense. But it, it just, it works so well. I remember when I was a lot, like I said, I was like high school, early community college or something. When I was watching all the movies, I like ran through them all. And I like made a little playlist of the ones I really, really liked on YouTube. And, uh, Hunter Majesty's Secret Service was like, I think the first one on there. Cause I just only had like one uh, of that era. I had like one Roger Moore and then everything else was like Pierce Brosnan, Daniel oh. Craig themes. I gotta
1: really so. invest more into the theme music. Um, I only did for like the actual James Bond song. Man, I should have pulled up that clip for you with the how it's compared to the Indian music with the sitar, uh, sitar I think it is. Um, okay. But uh, I gotta I gotta look more into that because it was a good one and. It would be interesting to rank the Bond songs as we rank the Bond movies. I was thinking that just
0: now, like we could do a special episode where we rank every theme, but that's also, it'll be like after we get through all the movies, we're just going to be like, all right, here's all the Bond themes. It's like 2024, coming to you alive. (laughs) Oh my God. This, I love that we have this drawn out for so long. It's so crazy.
1: Plus it gives me some time to read these damn books. (laughs) yeah um, you, have, you have four years get to it <laughs> It's uh, I don't know Bond is so interesting you know as we wrap up this episode it's kind of like looking back at the transformation and his impact and like his attitude and you know what he does and how it all blends together it's you know it's a little messy but when you're dealing with the universe kind of this complex and big it has to be messy you know um, but it's crazy it's carried on for this long we're talking these books were written in the like the 50s and whatnot and here it is 2021 and it's still phenomenal in filmmaking and interesting storytelling um the structure is great in these films um it's hard to like kind of say that they're bad because they've definitely stood the test of time and they're definitely not going anywhere
0: um i feel like it's honestly in terms of the uk it's their longest running British, like... It's like a like British theme of a film. Yeah. Just like, I guess, like, if for t- television, they have Doctor Who. For movies, it's James Bond. Yeah,
1: for reals, huh? Maybe we should do Doctor Who yeah. stuff. I would love that. But <laughs> No, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that's, that's a way too... That's in a whole separate show. You, you may need someone else for that. <laughs> a, yeah. show or itself.
0: if I do it, you, you may have to pay me. I'm saying. Um,
1: but I don't know. Any final, final thoughts? Anything you have left on this one?
0: That we did not cover? Uh, it's just... I mean, we—it's just funny going through. It's like we said this is our for our first year of this show. We're doing one film, at least one film from each mm-hmm. Bond. And after this year, there's no more George Lazenby. This that was is it. it. this yeah. was the our one shot for him, and it's done. And it's just the first domino to fall as we go through. Because uh, what I find interesting is as we're going to go through this, each time we go through there's going to be less and less bonds to cover through so you're going to get more concentration on specifics Mm -hmm. um first him then of course we'll drop out of timothy dalton and it might be a bit from there because the others have more but uh for Lazenby himself once again he was exceptional i think did a great job and him as bond his movie they just like i said i think they're highly underrated and people forget this one exists yeah And they should definitely give it another shot. I really think they should. Because I like this more than all the Connery ones. I can't help it. But uh, especially just coming back to Dr. No, I'm like, yeah, I love this 20,000 more than Dr. No. It's it's more entertaining. There's less uh, things that can offend people i think oh okay uh, at least on the racial <laughs> front the, well, the woman front it might still be the sexist front to still be there of, of course but uh i mean thinking about it now she's like i'm gonna go back for bond and her father's like no and not like literally knocks her out oh. and goes All right, you know you
1: give her the world and this is just what she Th- does that was another thing that was not in the book um she goes she gets away knocked out, like twice yes dude she's Dude, it, she's so tough. You gotta, they're like, we can't win an argument. She's, gotta she's her such out. a good character in the book. Cause even, I don't, oh, okay, well, it's hard to say. You know, she, she has some strong points in the book for sure. Um, her introduction, she's really like ready just to be like, I could die at any point and I don't care anymore. Like, I've been through so much. Like, I'm done. And then, you know, her father does hear about it in that whole meeting how he's just like, you know, Mr. Bond, like, she came back yesterday morning with a new outlook on everything and she seems so much different and it's because of you um in that little casino scene where he rescued her kind of and uh but you know after that she's kind of like girl you know what you're getting into because she's like you're always you know going out there and putting your life on the line and you don't think of anyone but yourself and or let me go get ready for you I, i i spent two i'm gonna spend two days tanning just for you and that way when you come back i'm like oh you know pampered all this stuff just like trying to appeal to bond when it's like no you're a tough character like you're you're go kick ass you know what i mean like stop trying to like yeah. just literally bend over for bond and like please the man you know like dude that's how she is in the book at some point but she's also not in any of the other scenes she goes and then bond and her dad go into the fight and infiltrate uh blowfield's uh base and all that and then i said it wrong again <laughs> and, and then uh <laughs> i was like oh there he is and uh you know th- those two take care of everything and like one of his dudes dies and all that and they go back and that's when they have the wedding um and after the wedding there's a car crash uh because of the shooting and then when they wake up it's the same line How he's just like we have forever she's just resting we have all the time in the world and all this and then it's a patrol man standing next to them Kind of similar to what happened, but it's a car crash, and it's way more dramatic, you know?
0: Oh, I will say two. Well, two things. One, I you see how capable she is besides all of that, all of the skiing, the driving, uh, all that stuff. When she's captured by Blofeld, I'm all, I want to be like, when she's captured by <laughs> oh, <yeah. I'm> just, <laughs> Um she fights one of the henchmen to a point where she actually knocks one out and then takes a bottle and breaks Mm -hmm. it and starts fighting the other one. And she like, she takes them out on her own. And these dudes are, these are straight up those Olympian like henchmen. And she like, and just in terms of sheer body mass, she like, she takes care of them. And I was just like, dude, that is is dope. But also, I'm just saying they did at the end, he was like, you know, we have all the time in the world. He says it when they're alive. And then when she's dead, And it's so sad, too, because it's like, oh, now I finally have a purpose of living. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, damn it. But the next James Bond movie coming out, there's just no time to die. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, think about that. Because also, he has a love interest now. He's left everything for this woman. And it seems like there's betrayal in it and stuff. But, you know, just keep an eye out. And let's just hope... The things don't repeat themselves again because it's like I already I lost Diana Riggs, I lost to Eva Green I don't really want to lose Leah Sado either I'm like
1: come on yeah. just let one live I don't need this one to die. So it could be either Doctor No or Her Majesty's that were or maybe a combination of the two because they're kind of meshing a bunch of stuff together for they are they I really feel like Casino Royale was the only one that really sticks to like the book but the other ones have all been kind of hey let's just make our own bond based off of all the stuff. And it's stuff. worked it really has... well.
0: Yeah, because there's nothing that there's nothing to I guess like there's nothing for it to truly live up to besides just being bothered. Yeah. You know? And so far it's done very well for itself.
1: Huh. Huh. Maybe we're piecing right? stuff I'm together.
0: Oh! We're gonna I, I feel like at the end of each of these I, I don't think we're gonna have as much to say for that kind of stuff when we get into Roger Moore and Timothy mm-hmm. Dalton in June. Just because they're their own thing that's like there's no specter in it it's just like it's bond adventures galore pretty much with them and then once we get into november run through pierce brosnan but when we get to casino royale we're right at the culmination of this movie maybe there's another trailer i'm not too sure i don't they don't really need to because they've already done everything it's just they kept getting delayed right after the trailers but i that's when we'll we'll probably do all the discussion we want uh it might I feel like the Cinderella episode we might make it a little yeah. special, you know, we could make it like an extra fifteen or half yeah. an hour or something, but yeah, we'll just we'll be ready for it. It'll be a it'll be a good time. But
1: yeah. Well
0: that's Sutra Sidewatch, dude. Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh man. On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Uh great film, great one shot bond. Um good book. Really good book. Worth reading for sure. You know, definitely worth reading. I would definitely reread it at some point. I'll
0: be reading both of these before June because I'll, I'll read these and then I'm going to catch up in Gary for for what we have in June which guys, the next June movies are going to be once again uh, uh, You Only Live Twice The Man with the Golden Gun, both Roger Moore and then uh, The Living Daylights yes. with Timothy Dalton so we got three coming up then and we may potentially if the scheduling goes well have uh Brandon's other Brandon from oh City Comics on for that one. Yes. I know we said we were going to have him for these ones but uh scheduling didn't work yeah. out. But uh potentially we should have him on for those as well. Uh and then
1: of course Dude March. Oh yeah, what's coming up in March? We're shifting gears. We are totally changing We're shifting pace completely for different for the next 2 months. We're dipping into but some it, animation.
0: We totally are, and March is going to be Hayao Miyazaki month. So we're going in chronological order for this guy, or at least uh, at least for his standalones. We're not going to do any. I know, uh, you know, he did like uh, Castle Cagliostro with Loop yeah. on the third. We won't be doing that, but we're going to do Nausicaa, Valley of the Wind, and Castle in the Sky, and potentially we should have two different people on with us for each one. Uh, so we'll have a third share. With an extra person, you know that uh, that third person on, and it should be two different people for both movies, and that'll be in March, guys. That'll be some some fun stuff to look forward to. Yes,
1: I might even look into uh, some of the manga that came out with this one too that he made. So hopefully, potentially, maybe we'll see. Um, Continue your scholarly ways, man. (laughs) So I'm I'm super excited because I've never seen any of these films. Uh, I'm not a big anime or manga guy, but I made it a commitment um, to really dive more into this, you know, uh genre medium format. And this is definitely
0: Miyazaki movies are ones that normal people that don't touch or even get close to anime. These are movies they all know exactly. or a lot of people know. Like these are very exceptional that they they do cross the line in terms of genre or at least like medium for people. I'm, so, it should be a good I'm time. I'm
1: curious and interested. Um, well, Cameron, where can they find you? They can find
0: me on Twitter at gogocomzilla and I guess Instagram if you want at killashush. I know I made that name a long time ago. I can't help it. Uh, of course, you can follow this show like you already are right now. If you're listening to it, you probably are subscribed to Sutra Side Talk, our main channel where we got all our different shows like uh, Sutra Side Talk, our gaming uh, movie, TV show, weekly episode, uh, weekly show. Uh, and then of course you got us here you got us also on the cut of steel another show on our channel where it's us along with uh the rest of apollo sutro and also third planet and we'll just combine and talk about dc movies right now also uh after this episode uh you should already have four you Mm -hmm. can or no three you can listen to we'll have uh man of steel bvs and now suicide squad should be there which was The most agreeable thing we've ever had. (laughs) Uh, There's less arguments there than the the previous episodes, I will say. Uh, I also got up to it, down to it, a show I do with uh, some college friends where we talk about literally a specific topic and just go off the rails onto it, so it's a good time. But, you know, like, uh, follow us on Twitter and
1: Instagram at SutraSideTalk, and share us out. And, Brandon, where can people find you? Check out Apollo City Comics Podcast on Instagram, YouTube, and all podcast platforms. Uh, it's a comic book commentary show to get make the comic book easier for you to get into. And uh, we have a bunch of new contents coming up. You know, check out our, we have movie commentaries. We have uh, single issue commentaries coming out and uh, full storylines as well. So you can check it all out. And we're mostly on Instagram. So it's the best way to see our fun stuff.
0: And also, we, uh, just right before we did this, uh, if you go to either of our Instagrams, you will see, uh, specifically for Apollo or Sutro. Uh, you can check out our live reaction of us specifically mm-hmm. reacting to the newest uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League trailer. Yes. Uh, so you can check that out as well on Instagram. I'm going to watch it again so right give now. Give that a listen. <laughs> right? <laughs> See, yeah. I got to go do two yeah. more shows after this, but yeah, definitely. Well, man. But that's all we got. Thanks yeah. for
1: hanging today. Yeah.
0: Catch you all in two weeks for some Yes. yes. All right.